I don't have a lot of companies, so um, I'm always actively working on my hospitality and, you know, like doing things the right way and making sure people feel comfortable and make sure I'm offering, you know, because you don't have to have everything, but you can offer what you have, you know? And I had water, I had lemonade, Kool-Aid, and I had Red Bull. It's weird. Guys never have selections of beverages. You know, had you caught me... They had like they'll have like water. There may be some kind of juice. It's normally like a juice that you can mix with some kind of cheap alcohol. <laughs> well, had you caught me early this week, I would have like the whole Sunny D commercial selection, like soda, OJ, purple stuff. We're too old for that. Stuff. Almond milk, regular milk, two percent milk. Like I keep a, a wide variety. Now almond milk is very important to me. Of groceries, I think it's very important to anybody at our age at this point because I mean I'm speaking for myself, but. Regular milk just stopped messing with me a little while ago. As soon as I realized that regular milk makes you salivate, it just made me think of all those girls that look like they're about to drool at any moment. Regular milk makes you salivate? Yeah, it makes you salivate. You know how you, you see those girls? <laughs> There's those few girls in your life that you remember. That it just looked like the drool was just going to run out of their mouth at any moment. The and you kind of, yeah, you know what I mean? The girls with like the wet mouth. <laughs> There's no way I can notice it and guys not notice that. I but, don't know if I'm supposed to yeah, sit here and be like, yo, I remember dairy, the girls with like, the wet mouths though. Yeah, when you drink milk and milkshakes and stuff, it makes you it makes you salivate. That's why babies are always drooling when they're like one and two. Well, I thought babies were drooling with my two-year-old because they'd be teething a lot. But if there's a if there's a tie-in to milk then that I'm not aware of, then... Yeah, definitely. Yeah, when they're drinking, when they switch up, I mean, when they're little, you know, of course <laughs> they, they don't have be, any teeth, they're just drooling. Yeah, but just, like when they're like two, their bibs and shirts are constantly wet. No, you ha- you don't have to tell me. Um, at, Right now, my son, uh, when he's with me, he spends a lot of time in my bed. And, you know, sometimes you just don't know what that wet spot is when he wakes up. That's a terrifying thought, <laughs> not knowing what the wet spot is or how it got there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, immediate regret. <laughs> then you have to retract it, and it's that pause of silence with yourself. So, between wet spots and um, uh, uh, wet mouths, uh, my audience, we've already taken this to a place that I've never been before, um, which is okay because this is what we're here to do. I, I took a little break for a while, and um, you know, I'm back to. I found. That not only is music a good form of communication and a good platform for me, but just, you know, podcasting is. But I don't like the podcast until I really have something to say. You know? Sometimes people just get on the mic and get to talking, and that's not what I'm here to do. But I thank you for joining me. Glad to be here. Um, what At the risk of putting too much of my shit out there, um, could you describe the environment for the audience who've never been to Rocks Island? Um, it's a room. Um, this is accurate. It's definitely an office. Uh, you can definitely, uh, you know, he records. You know, it ain't split. And thank you for the 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 panels. People are really impressed by these panels in my office. Well, it's kind of like mandatory, but I hear things that other people don't hear. I'd never caught the echo, but I know how bad the echo is. But I came across a ton of it, like a ton of it. I'm one of those old ladies that stalks Facebook Marketplace. Like I wake up and before I get up, I type free at the top and see what people are giving away. That's how I am with used cars on Craigslist. It's an addiction. I can never find a used car on Craigslist. Well, you know, you're looking at the wrong time of year. Well, I, There's I, seasons of cars on Craigslist. There's see, I seasons. didn't know that. that. Yep, that's the first piece of advice I'm going to give you. Everything else is going, no, I'm just joking. But no, there's seasons. Um, 
let's see. October to February is the best time to find good cars on Craigslist for a variety of reasons. Ah, uh, before tax season. Everything. No matter what I'm getting ready to say, it's all about before tax season. End of the summer. Getting rid of old beaters, getting rid of old cars. Kids going back to school. College kids going back to school. Um, the holidays are approaching. The holidays are here. The holidays have passed. All of those reasons are, uh, get good cars sold. And then the ultimate reason you want to buy a car in that season is because taxes. It's a lot of logic in that. Yeah, because right now, like if you're looking at a car now, I got a homegirl, I'm helping her find a car right now. If you're looking for a car right now, you're getting cars that people are selling because they're breaking down because it's getting hot outside. That's it. They bought their car and you know, it's an old car. And as soon as the sun or as soon as it gets too hot outside, those cars get hot. They start overheating. People start selling cars that the AC doesn't work in. People start selling cars that were overheating. People start selling cars whose transmissions are skipping because you wouldn't put any fluid in it over the winter. Like it's a tough time right now to buy a car. You got to look. Um, last tip because this podcast is not about buy car buying tips. It really is an addiction for me. Um, expand your search radius. Um, go down to Raleigh. Richmond, I have learned that. D.C., Ocean City, Southern Maryland, Baltimore is the farthest I go. But expand the search radius. Um, that Altima out there, I got that in Baltimore. Two grand, 09, fully loaded, V6. I have like a four-hour radius on anything. Yeah, see? And if you're willing to go get it, you know, you'll find it. But oh, yeah. You know I love getting in the car and just, just go. But, yeah, so this is not about my, my used car addiction, which is clearly an addiction. Um, but there are seasons to buy used cars on Craigslist. But, no, I really appreciate you coming out. Um. Like I said, I, I'm, I took some time away from social media this month. How was that? Well, when, you, when you're somebody who, uh, I treat my music like an art. And like I say, like I always like to say, it's one of my favorite things to describe it as. Picasso did not paint and then stand in front of his paintings and yell at people to come look at it. So I don't like to necessarily, I, I like making music, but I don't like the part where I have to get people to pay attention to it. So when you put out a music and you spend all this this uh, extroverted energy, you know, trying to get people to listen and posting it and waiting for feedback and it can be draining. So I just thought I needed some time to just not be worried about Cause when I post a song and this is, uh, this is why this is a self-care session. When I post a song, I can't put my phone down until the very first engagement until I see the very first engagement, whether it's the first view, the first like the first comment, like I post it and I'm like, okay, man, I'm just waiting. Like I'm literally just waiting for somebody to like it. Anything like I can't put my phone down until I know someone's seen it. And then when someone saw it, I have to turn my phone off for like an hour because then I'll just be obsessed. Like, and it's like a, it's a mental thing. So, and, and that's what I went through after I dropped the album. I dropped a mental health self-care album and then my mental health began to suffer. That's kind of how I am with sewing. Cause I was sewing heavy. Like it was my therapy for every, every project that I pick up, people swear I'm a serial entrepreneur. It's really not. If I pick up another project, it's because I'm stressed about something. And I just happen to look really good at what I'm doing when I'm stressing the fuck out. Like people don't realize that. So <laughs> no, you I, be killing shit. So I don't, I, I, and no one ever notices. When I was sewing like crazy and I was posting all of this stuff, it's because I needed a way to channel my mind and my overthinking. No, you was killing it. When you was getting all that stuff. You, you, I mean. It was nuts. And people never noticed. I, I rarely wore anything. I rarely sewed anything for myself. So. They're but like, yeah. I know you have a crazy closet. No, most of my stuff is secondhand, come from Walmart or, you know, probably stole it from my mom at some point and had it for like 10 years. But <laughs> it's like, I don't do it. I don't do it for me in that way. So that's what I found out, though. I was just like, man, it is exhausting, like, posting and, and waiting for that feedback. I really want to get to a place where the music 
it just exists and people are drawn to it because of the nature of the quality they should expect when they know that it exists. Yeah. And that's pretty bougie, but that's how painters paint. I'm an artist. I'm not a social media. I'm good at it, but I, I don't want to have to do that. I don't want to have to, you know, the guy that I'm talking to about, uh, you know, helping me build a team for the music. He said, I'm anti-trend. And I'm like, I'm not anti-trend. I'm just anti the same shit that doesn't work for anybody I know. I've never seen anybody right. blow up through any of the things. Yikes. I've never seen anyone blow up doing any of the things that I'm anti about. I've never seen anyone get famous for going to Tuesday and Thursday nights at Shaka's and your little Holland Road bars. I've never seen anybody get famous tagging 100 people on Facebook. And, and I've never seen it. I just don't see anybody. I don't doing even it. look at it when I get tagged and stuff like I immediately go untag myself. No one does. And that's one of the reasons why I play when you see me post music. That's one of the reasons I place it where I place it. Like I put it in my story. Because it's a very voluntary place for you to see music. And it's not controlled by the algorithm. It's not controlled by Facebook and their little engagement mechanisms behind the scene. And I don't like to do it. I just want to put it somewhere where it'll be, where it'll be seen. And I know that I get a lot of engagement on Facebook stories and Instagram stories. So, I, like, I put it where I know people engage with me. That's because people don't necessarily go to the stories with a motive. Right. Most of the time, you'll look at one story and you put and your just, phone down and you just let it scroll. Right. So you come and they come and they come across yourself with a different state of mind, if that makes any sense. Right. I feel like it feels more like people are just stumbling across it on my story. That's like they really saying. like just aren't even paying attention. Stories are playing. And then next thing you know, Jerome's rapping like, oh, smokes. Well, holy, you know, like, oh. then you got to go back. Then you got to look it up. And that's the idea behind it. But I've never I don't think anyone's ever seen me force anybody to listen to the music or. Because it's always been the case where if someone hears it, they're always impressed. And I, I've never had to go, yo, listen to this. Yo, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. It's always like, why didn't you tell me you do this? Um, so that's what I'm going for. But the social media break has been nice. Um, it has been admittedly, it's been harder than I thought it would be. Why is that? Because you go from all this engagement, you go from all this, and, I, you know, just to put it as humbly as I could put it, you go from all this adoration and positive feedback and then you just turn it off is that what you call social media that's what you feel from social media adoration music when you're releasing music like i get a lot of positive feedback from music on social media and that's the main thing i engage with i put up pictures of my shoes my boys and my music so a lot of people reach out and say your music is really good your music is oh i didn't know you should do more like just a lot of positive maybe adoration well it's adoration yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, people like it. And so I get a lot of that. But when you turn that off, I was like, you know, it's like, well, that was a dopamine hit that I was using to get by. It was like, it's like retail. It's like buying a pair of shoes. I'm like, too judgmental of a person. Like if I have a bad day and I put a song out and then like for the next six, seven, eight hours, <laughs> people are telling me how dope I am and how good the song is. And people that are strangers, you know, people that have no vested interest. It's not my, not no significant others, oh, family I love members. stranger feedback. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like I put that's stuff on, best. I have, I got it. I'm to the point now where I can put stuff on Twitter and people respond to it and listen to it and go, yo, this is dope. Like I got people that follow my music on Twitter. Don't know me from nobody and go out of their way to repost it and, and like it and comment about it. And it's dope. But when you turn that off, like that was, that's a good little way to get through a tough day is just, you know, having people tell you how you're the most amazing person to ever rap on one of their beats. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, it makes you feel pretty dope. Always got to be careful about the compliments. Welcome back to Rock Rocks Island. Rock Island is where I was born. Rocks Island is where I um, get my stuff off at. Um, it's not a podcast. It's an island. 
Uh, I didn't like those. I didn't like the acronym. So I have to make it clear every time I bring it up that it's an island and not a podcast. That's really the only reason why it's an island, not a podcast. But not a lot of people can make it here. Not a lot of people should be expected to be here. So um, these are going to be the self-care sessions where I'm going to be inviting people to the island, people that I'm kind of comfortable talking to and opening up to and just kind of being candid with. And uh, if you want to introduce yourself, I don't want to be the one to introduce yourself. Um, Welcome to the show. Well, I'm on there. Hey. I just want y'all to know that Monet is one of my oldest and closest friends. We went to high school together. We ran track together. Did we? When I was in uh, 12th grade, and you must have been in... Ninth grade. Ninth. Okay. All right. That's interesting. Um, But yeah, so we ran track together for the one year we overlapped in high school. um, And we've been friends for like, I guess it's decades at this point. What a terrifying thing to say. I mean, we were cool in high school. We didn't have any problems with each other. We didn't necessarily interact too much with each other. But, uh, you know, it was after high school where we became friends and, and hung out more and stuff. So it's been about it's been a 13, while. 14 years since those days. Mm-hmm. And now you've, you're joining me here on my self-care session because over the years you've been somebody that I've been able to talk to, confide in. And you're also someone that has seen specific benchmarks in my growth as a man. Over yes. the last decade, like you've you've seen lows, you've seen highs, you've seen lows again, you've seen highs again. Like you've seen me navigate through all of it. And the one question I think I would ask you is that: Do you think there's any part, any part of me that you know now that is maybe the same guy or that you saw in this guy that you knew back then? You're exactly the same. There's there's there isn't very many changes, other than. You're like an anomaly because you're probably the only person that said, I want to be here. And then later on down the line, you're actually where you said you wanted to be. Despite all the roads and hills and stuff that, you know, everyone has to go through. Like me, I'm basically walking in, I don't know, a circle or an affinity loop or something. Oh, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to where you at. Where is that exactly? But no, it's just it's just interesting to see someone stay consistently the same. At, at least the essence of you, for the most part, is the same, no matter where you are in life. And still get to where you want it to be without losing the essence of yourself. And if I can offer an unsolicited explanation, um, <laughs> which is all it ever is, is that um, I really I really have. Back when we first started hanging out heavily, heavily, um, there was a guy I wanted to be. And I wasn't that guy yet. And maybe I didn't know how to become that guy. And then maybe there was times where I realized I was a long way from that guy. But I think the guy that sits here now is that kid that wanted to be this guy. Like, I really do. And and I, I'm just going to say, I really do be feeling like that nigga that I was trying to become when I was a younger man. Like, I really feel like I made it there now. Now, am I as strong and as athletic as I wanted to be back then? No. But I do feel like you oh. had no shoulders back then. I just want that to go on, <laughs> and that was a serious, serious situation. No, I'm about to, I'm I'm literally easily thirty pounds heavier as I sit here now than I was back then. So, um, yeah, uh, that just goes to show you that I was in a different place back then. And um, that seems so small, but I remember running across a picture where you had these huge shoulders and I was like, your shoulders are huge here. And the look on your face was just like, (laughs) 
So my shoulders aren't huge. <laughs> no, I mean. I got to get back to that. And I just saw you take a mental note. Like, she said my shoulders are small. No, nah, it just, uh, you know, as, as somebody who ran track and um, did all the sprints, I, I was, I, you know, my shoulder that was like the definition a skinny dude could rely on is a little bit of shoulder muscle. You know what I mean? And so when that fades and someone that you may or may not be attracted to points it out, it uh, it, it may, may or may not be a little humbling. But I always knew somebody that liked it, so I ne- it never really crushed me too bad. But, you know, it's something to keep in mind. I do feel like I am that guy with shoulders now that didn't used to have them. So now I, I got them. I don't know what I did to get them. Maybe, you know, I just got a little older. It got a little hard to shake off some of the weight. I'm not going to sit here and say I was exercising. I couldn't even stand up straight for a year and a half. Listen, I thought I was fat back then. <laughs> and it just blows my mind. I'm That's like- my favorite thing about y'all, the, the, the beautiful black women of my generation. One, y'all just keep getting finer. Like, I'm going to say that for the record, too. Everybody that I know, all the black women that I know, all of y'all have done is just get finer and finer over the years. Like, some of y'all are looking 10 times better than you ever looked in high school. And I, that should be applauded. You should get finer with time. And I just I, I just want to say that. That's just really important for me to point out. Because I don't know what y'all are doing. I don't know what it's just skincare. Y'all should see Monet right now. She looking like a bright yellow light on the most... Beautiful brown chocolate Easter bunny or something. Ugh. It's crazy right now. You should see it. And it's so funny. And then she tried to say all this stuff like her skin was all raggedy before it, she it, let it. It was. She's looking it, like a flawless was. victory it right was. here. When I say life is happening, life is happening. But life always happens. It's a beautiful thing. It takes me lovely places. But, like, I've been um, dealing with, like, self-care and, and, for the most part, keeping my emotions in line. I've been going through these phases recently in the past week where I've been having these they're called anxiety highs to where I just feel like my whole body's like on fire and it's like, I'll just start itching. And it's like, I'm, I'm real weird about how people view. Well, not real. I'm obsessed about how people view me. I've always been that way, which is why I was the one wearing stilettos in high school. Stiletto. Two reasons. In the gym. It was two reasons for wearing stilettos. Like I'm very logical person, this female. Let me make sure I say that clear. I'm a very logical female because logic and female don't always, you know, go together <laughs> you said that not me i'm saying that because you know most <laughs> most people like women are emotions and i'm sitting there like their actions are out of emotions but there's a logic behind how they got there that's true i'll say I'm that just much. Saying, we're all working at burger queen and dairy queen it's cheaper for me to buy a 20 dollar pair of heels from 579 than me to spend my whole check on the next pair of air force one to knowing that everybody in magic hollow is going to look just like me on monday when i show up with them Shout it to magic just made more sense Hey, uh, I'm glad I wasn't in school with you when you was like a senior. You probably were like uncontrollable as like an upperclassman. Oh man, I found out I was fine in the end of ninth grade. You could you see? Tell uh, look. <laughs> oh, once I figured out I was fine, it was over. Hey, look, I went to the Magnet Middle School, so when I got to Ocean Lakes, I didn't know that I was desirable. I felt corny. It was it was the end of my ninth grade year, and I was like, hold up, wait a minute, let me put some pimping in it. Whole like me. That's because everybody wants <laughs> exclusive, and most of the guys were all trying to be the best one nigga they could be. Oh man, it was something else. But yeah, no, nah, it's probably a good thing. It's probably a good thing that um, it was like by the time we ran to each other, I used to be an upperclassman. Like I, I wasn't probably where I wish I would have been as an upperclassman at the time, but you know, I used to be because I, I just. High school is a whole different thing, but we 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 still kick it with a lot of people from high school. I think that's a testament to like the quality of folks and. How many people ain't really left here yet? <laughs> Basically. Yeah. But no, nah, I do think y'all are getting finer and finer with age. Um, 
I get crushes on girls from high school on Facebook a lot. And uh, I keep it to myself, but I'll be like, damn, she's getting fine now. And it's like she got her head together. You know, that nigga tore her life apart, but like she's picking up the pieces it's now. It's so funny like how much it. attention that you pay to people. And then you say little slick stuff like, I get lost in your pictures. And then that gets engraved in their mind for like the rest of their life. And they can never get past stuff like that. And it's just like the guys that they want to be with just never say those things. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was about to say. Whew. I was like, who are we talking they about right now? They just never say those things. I don't think like, I never oh, t- you look so nice. I like the way you dress. But they never say, I get lost in your Facebook albums. Yeah, I was about to say. That's so, that, it just hits different. Like, because you can see the transit. My Facebook albums, I didn't put, I didn't turn some of them off to where only I could see them. Nobody needs no, to see I've, those uh, I've definitely went through the I, I've archived my entire Instagram at this point. It's just music <laughs> and to. shoes on my you Instagram now. I don't want to see the old relationships, the old phase. I don't even want to see the old outfits sometimes. Sometimes I don't even want to see my face. Like, why'd you post that picture of your face? Stage it. Like, what, what are you doing? Like, I, why? I commend the Kardashians. Stage stage your kids' shit. Stage oh, man. all that shit. Nah. Make it look perfect. Now it's just music. Because you know what you know what I'm tired of? And we're going to move past this. I don't... And it, I, I can say this to you. And I, this is something I think a lot. And I probably only say to people around me. I feel like Roxalot is really who I am. And I feel like Jerome is who I think everyone's going to accept. And I think that when I rap, I'm really speaking. That's my real language. That's like English and, and is a second language to me because I think about how carefully I speak. It's true. And so people are always thinking, oh, you planned to say that, didn't you? Or See, did that's, you, that's did the you difference think between Rox and Jerome. Jerome is a collection of people's opinions of who they feel like you should be. And they tag that onto your biological name. And then you have Rox, which is the person I say I am, and I'm doing what I'm doing, and, and they collide together. Always a fight. It's, it's always a constant fight. It's and a, so, like, it's when an I'm. internal comedy. When I'm rapping, I feel like I'm really. Like, I listen to my old raps or anybody, and I'll be like, yo, you said that in the rhyme? Like, you. Because I'm really speaking in that voice. But in this voice, I'm always. I, I'm really good at thinking about what I say before I say it, but I'm always considering every single word before it leaves my lips. Every word. And it's it's almost impossible to turn off at this point. To the point where people think that I practice what I say to them. Like, you plan to say that. You didn't mean to say that. You, you I'm like, because if you text it, no, they'll never believe it if you text it. I'm yes, like, this I'm is good. this I'm like, you think I Googled how to say a sentence? Niggas don't Google what they're there and they're mean. You think that nigga was Googling how to say a sentence better? Uh, of course <laughs> like not. they still don't. Know. Like I said, okay, I want to say that I like you, but let me put it in Google and find a better way to say it. You know what I mean? Like, nah, it's not happening. But all that being said, before we got into too much of the self-care stuff, I need to know who are you listening to in R and B. Part of my um part of my journey. I like to be a well-rounded nigga. And, you know, I like to get 20 minutes into the show before I start cussing and speaking the way I want to speak. But, uh, and that's another little pie trick. Don't cuss and don't go too crazy at the front of your episodes. Like, draw people in before you start hitting them with the niggas and the fucks and the shits and the pussies and all that different stuff. But, um, I like to be a well-rounded nigga. And, uh, when you rapping, when I'm making raps, when I'm making rap music, I like to listen to R&B because I don't like to be influenced. I don't even like listening to rap when I'm making songs because I don't want to take your bar and make it better. I'm going to subconsciously surpass you. That is you, so nice. Way. That is so nice of you not to rain on people's parade, especially when you know you're better. Oh, something. we're going to talk about that because I purposely rained on somebody's parade a few weeks ago and I did it on purpose just to see if I could and it worked out. So y'all niggas better look out. But 
I don't want to hear your shit. These local niggas, I don't want to hear your your weak ass Will Smith bar, and then you think someone's trying to top your Will Smith bar. I don't want to hear your little. No, none of you niggas have cadence or flow. None of you niggas are doing anything extra impressive. You're just all trying to sound like Jay Z from tenth grade again. Yeah. And I'm t- move on. <laughs> Turn off the rapper. <laughs> move on to the podcaster. Um, but I don't want to sound like you niggas. I don't want to be influenced by you niggas. I want to just keep doing what I've been doing for the twenty years I've been doing it. So I don't listen to it. But at the same time. I have been listening to my eight-hour old-school playlist for about two years now. Like, and it's classic. I, I cannot lose. You give me the aux, I can't lose with the aux. But I need more. I need more new R and B. And I don't believe in these new R and B girls. I don't believe in them. I don't. Uh, I don't believe in them. What? Wait. It depends. There's I just, don't believe in them. You didn't have to get closer to the mic to say that, though. I don't believe in them. There's two. There's two different types of R and B girls, though. You have. There's like 20 women in... Break it down, please. That's what I got you here for. Okay, Break so there's down, about please. 20 women in R&B right now. They all look the same. They all sound the same. You literally have to look at your phone to figure out who it is. This is my problem. Continue. Right, they're selling an image. Right. Who Who? Who is the most heartbroken R&B songstress right now? So besides Jasmine Sullivan, because she's solidified. I don't, got, I don't need to hear about her. I know her. But outside of her and this newer generation, who is the most heart... Who can I go to for that shit? I like the way SZA looks. Is her music good? Okay, now... Okay, Jasmine Sullivan and SZA are. We're gonna, we're yes, gonna take please. them. We're gonna take them out, and we're gonna we're gonna you know pin them onto the board. Okay? Boom. That's how I felt too. But I'm glad you said it because you we do gonna, it. We're gonna pin that over to the board. Right, now, SZA. I I don't get me wrong. I like SZA. I'm I'm clear. I like SZA. I love Big SZA. Hold on. She's gone through a body transformation. See, that's that's what a lot of people don't know. Like me, I'm I'm R and B. It to the heart, like all the way. So you was listening to her when she was messing with Drake. I was listening Drake. to SZA, n- well, well before whatever that was, because we all have a whatever that was phase. So, like I'm, I, like SZA before when people were starting to tell her you're good, and she's just like, but that's not what I'm trying to do. Like that SZA used to be like SZA with um the guy, what's the guy that came from around here, Trom. Oh uh yeah, Trom. Right, they have a song together which is fucking amaze balls. That's big SZA. SZA used to be quite large. She used to wear large? yes, shapely but large. She was thick. She do got the body like she used and to. And that's be. why she upset. That's why I feel like let me make sure I put my opinion on. I'm not gonna put no words in a woman's mouth, but that's why it comes off to me that she's always talking about some. I don't have no booty. You used to have plenty. And now that you've gotten the body that everybody wants you to have, or you know, you went on your health kick and it took you somewhere else, now you feel like, okay, this is a more healthy, presentable me, but it's not a happy me. Mm. Sometimes you got to eat that, you know, you got to eat that honey bun. You got to do that. That, I love that song. Put me on. Let's see. You're listening. Um, Dramas um, slept on as well. Uh, he's changed his name recently. He's doing R&B. Yes, I do like Shelly. Rock Island. Listen to what she's saying. I'm going to read the lyrics at the same time. I heard you a fan now. It's a little bit too late to take care of me. Even if I got a man now, though. Yes, pay attention. For my audience, this is SZA? Yes. 
I just know it from all the stars, you know what I mean? The Black Panther soundtrack. I don't know what that was. That was terrible. That shit. That was the worst. I love that song. That's the difference between being yourself and being who people want you to be. I feel like SZA's going in reverse. Don't get me wrong. I love, I love old SZA. I like new SZA. But that song right there, people don't really catch those parts. It's those features. You got to dig the features of these artists on other people's tracks to find the truth about. Why would you even play that? This shit right here? This is why I like her. Like, this is the song that made me be like, oh, okay. Because I didn't know what she was doing until I heard this. Like, this is what put her on the map for me. Like, I'm not even... This is what put her on the map? Oh, because you're a guy. Well, I mean, I've known of her, but, like, I was like, oh, she can... It's because you're a guy, you didn't relate to Control. You didn't relate to the Control album. Like, you have to... SZA is one of those artists, she has a voice, but her voice is kind of all over the place. You literally have to look at her lyrics. Like, I had to look at her lyrics to go back to, like, a lot of her songs. All right, so this is what I'm going to do for the self-care sessions. I'm going to go back and listen to SZA Control. Because I like the way she looks. And if I can like her music too, then I can become a fan. <laughs> but I have to, I have to, um, because I have to be honest. All right? This is still very mainstream to me. She's still not R&B to me. She's okay, move on. Me. Let's go. Let's go. All right, we She's got SZA. Let's me. not stay on her too long. <clears throat> okay, so I've been listening to Alex Isley. I was going to say, give me some male R&B. Male R&B? Is um, Alex Isley, that's a woman? Alex Isley is a female. Oh, okay. Excuse me. That, that's, that, that, that's my bad. Alex Isley is a female. I actually... Like when I garden, I listen to her playlist. So, um, and men, um, Masego from Newport News. Oh, you know what? I did. I do. I have. I do have his uh, the song, the one with the sample that Drake took later on. I don't know what you're talking about. Because <sighs> I listen to like albums. I'm I'm like two mixtapes, three mixtapes in obsessed before they even hit the mainstream. Like okay, because yeah, I'm I definitely... saw him at the Norva with the Chucks on this joint. Oh yeah. Oh, anything Masego. He has a um. Gosh, he has a mixtape. He do have a dope voice. I might have to really dig into um, his music. Also, pause. Honestly, if you were an R and B singer, the closest person to you, in my head, that's just my opinion, would be Masego. If I was R and B Masego, oh, you know, if you were an R and B artist, you would be more of a Masego. I gotta go. I'm going to DC tonight, and I think I'm gonna run Control, and I'm gonna run whatever his latest project is too. He has a song. Um, Studying abroad. Study, yes. You have to listen to Studying abroad. So he has a song up there that only if you're from this area you would understand. He has a song talking about how he has to get out of here. You know how everyone tells you you got to get out of Virginia and then come back yeah. in order to really understand and appreciate it. He has a song basically saying I got to get out of here because I can't end up at the shipyard. Mm. And if you're not from around here, you don't know how important it is to not end up at the shipyard in no your life. No bullshit. And, um, yeah, because I've worked with them niggas in IT, and nah, fam. They nah. work? Nah. Because it just took five months. It just took five months to get my computer fixed. <laughs> I don't know what It wasn't even anything at. wrong. They just need, I just needed an admin password. And then the shipyard I was at couldn't afford me forever, so I didn't end up being there for very long either. Cause the shipyard is a mess. So Masego, you got to listen to Masego. I like Masego for the local connection. Um, I listen to a lot of uh, Robert Glasper. Mm. I'm obsessed. Doesn't he do? A, does, I, he does. He's I a heard jazz. his name a lot. Yeah, he's he does jazz. He um, he's also a professor at a university. He teaches um, music. I've heard his name a lot. It, 
Does he sing at all, or is it music instrumentation? He does, for the most part, music in- instrumentation, but he okay. writes. He writes a lot of music, so he gets a lot of R&B artists from around, well, different types of arts, R&B music artists from, like, around the world and puts them on his tracks. So he actually will write songs for a lot of the females, have them put their emotions and their feelings on it, do a little adjustment to it. So he'll have a thought, like, this is what I think women feel. He's like, this is what I think she feels. Then he'll get the artist, bring her into the studio, and actually kind of like have her manifest her true self onto his opinion of her in a song if that makes any sense that actually makes a lot of sense and sounds really dope uh i'm at, I'm at the point where me and my i was gonna call it my partner me and my best friend juan we talk about doing music as in more than just like recording songs but how many different ways we can impact music you know just different and like we we want to get into writing songs for people you know what i mean you can do it yeah easily like I've done it a few times it's not very difficult intentional at all. and accidentally Apparently, <laughs> I don't know how you accidentally write a song, but speaking for, speaking of R and B, um, you know, back when we first started kicking it as adults, um, Trey Songs was a rather popular R and B guy. Um, I don't even know if at this point I should play his music to kind of introduce him. Like the only a, album that you're allowed to play, you Trey know, what? There's only one album. It's only he only has exists. one that matters, and I'm glad that we can all agree to that now. You know what I mean? Because he wrote a mixtape into an album. And the only reason that album matters to me is because of the mixtape that came before. Yes. Oh, that album doesn't really matter to me. I live for the mixtape. That mixtape had... Well, I love mixtapes over albums anyway. I feel like there's so much stress put on albums. But mixtape is just like, this is how I feel this Tuesday afternoon, sitting on my porch, smoking my blunt, drinking my Arizona watermelon. And I decided I'm going I'm going to go lay all this down. Yeah, I'm happy. And you, that's how you get those good days, you know, written on a track from memories. That's... Pretty much how it happens. It's just when it comes down to album, you got deadlines, you got stress, and you feel like you got to force thoughts. This was the last and final time. This was it. So we're going to give him, you know what we're going to do? Before this music drop, or before this news drops, we're going to give him a eulogy. No Our VA brother that's fallen from grace. Walking up in spend a couple dollars, dollars, head over to Louis. Like Gucci, bed sheets, satin, satin, diamonds, platinum. This could be the life that you live. Chilling with a crown, you like the way I fly, you love the way I shine. When we hop up in the bed, you know what it is. (laughs) Hey, listen, man, this is what, oh, nine. Look at me pretending like I don't know what year this shit came out. I heard a nigga been grabbing more than that. Hold on, I can't, I can't stop, I can't stop. So what you want to do is you want to limit, like when you know you're gonna talk about Trey songs, you know you're gonna play music, you want to look at the device and you want to say I'm gonna limit this to about 90 seconds to two minutes but this is a eulogy and these can go on as long as they need to go on this shit right here nigga. this shit right here the summer of 09 this song damn Trey going out sad bro you love me like 
So if you go to rocksalot.bandcamp.com, where you can find the Freeman tapes and Sincerely Rocks and amongst other projects, um, Summer State of Mind's first. This was like my debut album. Um, I recorded this whole album in the studio for the first time. I distributed CDs, sold it. It was did well for me. Uh, it's still my, one of my most popular projects I've ever put on the internet. And it's not even on streaming services. I'm going to put it on streaming services this year for the 10-year anniversary. But this is a distant lover from Summer State of Mind. Nigga gets no verses on my platform, so. Thank you. Bitch, staring at her hips. She move them like a clock. That's, that's actually that's actually well put together. Bro, I don't put out nothing that ain't well put together. <laughs> you gave me your opening though. I, let me apologize for my impact. That wasn't my intention. It's a little something. But yeah, so we're not gonna go back to Trey because I played my version of songs that I have versions of. And that's another rule on the island. If I have a version of that song, I can't play that ver- the regular version. But um, yeah, so it's looking real crazy out here for Trey songs. Um, I spent too much time giving them a eulogy, but they're going to kill this nigga soon anyway, apparently. Apparently he was dead an hour ago, according to TMZ. Did TMZ post something an hour ago? TMZ posted something an hour ago, basically saying an accuser sent a, de- sent a demand letter. She has a video of him exposing her twin. Like a, oh there so it is. she has video. Oh, this is a little white girl. Listen, you I can't think, get you can't if you gonna get brought down. Don't never mind. I'm no 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 no, no no no. This is nothing like what I'm expecting to come down about Trey songs. It, it, the thought of it is terrifying. Like people are saying, 
He's disgusting. He needs to be under the jail. Like the shit is being said about him by like on. They're not saying this on Twitter. These are people are saying this shit on their platforms. Yes, they're saying that he's nasty, abusive, and rapey. Rapey is if if men really knew the impact the word rapey has on a female, because that number six out of ten is real. It's a real number for women. So once you get the tag of rapey, like we can't we can't deal with you at all, whether it's a rumor or not. I'm gonna play Rory from the Rory and Maul podcast. Paul call. Podcast in 15 years, how long it's gonna be? That Trey Songs doc is gonna be crazier He's than that. on his platform that goes Trey out to Song millions of people. He's the most nasty, abusive, rapey, beats the out of women. Like, he is the scum of the earth. Trey Songs is disgusting. Like, his doc is going to be, is going to surpass if you ever thought you could surpass an arc. Wow, you're saying that, right? I promise you in 15 years, Trey Songs, his doc will. He's an awful human being. Oh, gosh. Like a terrible, terrible human being. That's not the whole clip. I'm just going to cut it off. From my, way, though, it's just those simple comments. He's an awful human being. He paused. There's a video of him talking, but he paused and was like, he's awful. Because he said he's heard that shit from dozens of women. I mean, I've heard Famous it. and regular women. I've heard it from regular people. What do you think? And, 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 and I don't want to say as a woman, this is, I don't want to be a stupid podcaster. A lot of black dudes that podcast, they sound and do and bring up really stupid shit. And I was going to kind of cover that, but I wanted to cover a lot. So I didn't want to have to cover the entire entirety of everything I want to pot about one episode. But niggas be dumb. Um, that being said, what what do you do with that information as a woman? Like, I would like, just sit there in our wallets and carry it with us. I would put on a, a small sticky note and tape it to our guns and carry it wherever we got to go. What do you think it we, is just, as a woman? What do you think it is about these fucking pretty boy Floyd ass niggas that get behind the scene and get all weird like this? I pretty boy Floyd as niggas. I mean, he's an R&B. In general, I, I think um, t- there's well, a certain. I don't want to generalize. You're right. I'm sorry. No, I understand what you, I understand what you were trying to say. I understand. Like, I respect your intent. But um, it's, it's the. How do I put it? I, I'm trying not to use the L word. I, mean, I don't want to say the L word. And I need another word that it, means exactly that. I mean, clearly, niggas it's, is it's a monster. It's a privilege. He has a, he has a, he has a privilege that he takes a bit too far. We know that certain things come with fame. We know any any man that can sing has the one up on the dude that can't. We we understand that. I mean, not everyone. It's okay. Sorry. Male ego. <laughs> Can't help ourselves. <clears throat> but like, I just, I don't, I never, I can never understand it because it's not in my character. Or I don't in my know. Mind it's something all, about but... being able to look. It's something about being able to to hearing something like that and being able to look at a guy and then we can just we envision whether we can see that happening to us with that person. That's what happens. And when I look at Trey songs and I hear stuff like that, I can see him trying to be aggressive. But I know me, it'd be a whole fight, but what a whole situation. It's just, I don't know. It's, that's just, I, I mean, I know dudes just so be monsters. Ew, dudes it just, just be, it makes my skin just crawl. just be gross on the inside. That's that. It just, it's just it that makes simple. My, it just makes my skin crawl. It really, really does. Like, cause there's no need for that. They're women giving men whatever they want. And then you are R&B singer. You can, women are just willing to give it away. They're willing to do whatever. That's what I mean. The so psychology the behind that you got to do that for, for whatever reason just blows my mind. Cause you never do. My contract. I'm not going to bring that up in relation to this. Cause it always backfires on me. 
but you can get you can get what what you what you perceive to want from a woman in so many ways, and, and let alone when you're famous. But when you're just a guy in general, I ne- the the depravity that the, the levels niggas go through is just I never get it. And I'm looking at a Trey songs like bro. You could put on Facebook that you want a girl that will let you slap her, spit on her, punch her, kick her, piss on her. You can put and the women will line up around right. the block for it. So why are you doing anything related to that to someone who just doesn't want it? Because, because there's a thousand people that would line up and pay you to let you do it to them. But then you find somebody who doesn't want, and you involuntarily take this kind of. It sounds like an internal power struggle. It's it a, sounds like a power struggle within himself. Like he doesn't feel like the man that people are trying to tell him that he is. He's not convinced that he's the man. Hold on, hold on. Are you saying what I think you're saying? I don't know. Am I saying what you think? You think he's covering up for inadequacies with an internal, with a control, a kink? Because, you know, maybe when they get behind closed doors, it's not what they was expecting. He got to go to bed light skin every night. (laughs) I don't know how these niggas do it. I just... I don't know how they do it either. People put a heavy stigma on light skin, and it really ain't that serious. But they feel like they got to come off more man than, you know, the brownies. And it's not, it's really not necessary. And they ain't never more man. From a distance, everybody look the same. Everybody has that preference. It's just that he, I don't, it's not needed. There's there's no need for that when women line up. Sidebar. You know what my problem with homophobic people is? What is it? Homophobic people walk around imagining people having sex. Like, they see a gay person, and they automatically imagine them having, like, butt sex. And I'm like, that's weird as fuck. Like, yeah, that's strange. Why do you do that? And every time you ask somebody why they're so homophobic, they're like, yo, they just, like, two dudes do it. I'm like, but why are you looking at a nigga? At that part. And, and then imagining that. I don't walk around thinking about other people and what they look like and what they're doing. But why, when you see a gay person, the first thing you think of is that, brother. Why is that a fascination for you? Why does that drive you so crazy? Anyway, that was just sidebar. I never understand it. Like you walk, you you walk around imagining how other people have sex all day, and that and it bothers you to your core when you think about this stranger or this person over here having sex with somebody else. Fuck is wrong with you? Anyway, all that being said, uh, people are weird. Yes, people are very, very, very strange. Um, so I wanted to pivot away from people being strange, and there's no good way to pivot away from people being strange and start talking about um, a little more about. Self-care and why I wanted to have these sessions. Um, we're getting toward the end of the show, um, if you didn't know. And so I wanted to kind of get toward what the, the whole idea behind the self-care sessions is. And, I, and why I wanted you, and why I'm glad you're here. Um, I don't talk to a lot of people. And I'm not able to really be myself the way I envision myself around a lot of people. Because I feel like there are a lot of people that look at, they want a version of me that they want from me. Like they, everyone has the version of a superhero I am to them and that's what they want from me and when I'm not providing right. that you know and so I like to have conversations and as, and, that, and as I get to a certain age I like to have conversations with people that have seen me vulnerable they see me low because you've seen my true character in those moments like you saw me with nothing practically literally nothing couldn't keep gas in the car had to catch the bus with a car like just nothing and to me it's important that I can you can connect that person I was then to the person that sits here in this situation now like it hasn't changed me. It's always been who I was trying to be. And um, and self-care came from people don't want you to be happy. They don't. <laughs> like people will like that take your so happiness true. for resentment. People will take it as a personal affront and offense to them. Like I've watched people that I've taken care of like literally resent me. Do you know what a person in my life that I can't describe more than that because it would reveal who they are too much? They told me that at one point in my life, they were jealous of how happy music made me. 
So they would never get too excited with me about my music because they kind of hated how happy music made me. Do you know that's like the most toxic thing I've ever heard someone say to me before? Yes, I, I, I believe that. And, and that person spent I always... years suppressing that because they didn't want to see me get that attention and they didn't want to see that. Ha- they they literally would just stay flat and neutral about music. That's so because they, they don't have anything for, they, they haven't found them themselves. They haven't found a thing that makes them fucking happy. Well, that's the thing that's the... And that's nothing what they said. nothing they said should I was make so, you happy but yourself. You should be able to be happy in yourself. And that's where you find that happiness in being in, at the bottom. Once yeah. everything's taken and the only thing that you have is yourself, that's when you meet yourself. That's when you get to know yourself. And that's when you become the person that you are most happiest. When I when I lost both cars, both jobs, and I was staying at my sister's house, when I say I was at the absolute bottom, I didn't even realize I was at the bottom until I was already two steps up. Yep. But I was happy. You didn't realize where you were until you had got up a little bit. Right. So, um, I, I don't know. People really don't want you happy. And, and I would never it. take me. Mu- if a guy has music, he has a way where he can sit in one spot and channel his thoughts and his feelings. You have a man that is literally sitting down using logic in a positive way. I don't know why a woman would ever take music from a guy. That is the absolute Worst thing you can do. The thing that brings him the most joy actually requires him to sit in one space. And two things. Think about it like this. One, that summer when I didn't have shit, what was I carrying around with me all the time? That damn computer. And think about how much music I made in the summer where I didn't have nothing. It was a lot of music. And then secondly, I always think that, you know, as I get older, I understand it. And I never want to be the significant other that embarrasses my significant other with my hobby. And I've never been that. I've never done it. But at the same time, I always be like, yo, there's so much there's so much worse things your nigga could be doing. Yes. Like, it, I think everything rapping, is worse than a man sitting down doing music in my book. I was like, it's all they could be out here trying to be a fake drug dealer. They could be out here being one of these little corny motorcycle niggas. Or a real one. No, no shots. No shots. No shots to the motorcycle or, niggas. Or, or, but all y'all niggas ain't as cool as y'all think. You know what I mean? But yeah, real ones, you know what I mean? All, but there's just a lot of shit they could be doing that you'd have to be living with because you like that nigga. And like, I'm just sitting in my office writing raps about what I think. You know what I mean? Right, like, and how can you be upset with that? And I don't even tag you when I post my music. I don't even tag my girl when I post music. Like, come on, man. Like, it's just... I'm at a place now to where I'm starting to understand why people don't put their relationships, why everybody in music appears to be single. And oh, I've been got before that. Before yeah. I, I understood it, but when I say people do not want you happy they will take just a, a dope line and somehow make it derogatory towards your girl or about someone else i found out and so you got to get somebody that understands if you're going to be doing music or somebody that at least has something equally as important to themselves to do a couple things one i found out that you need an outlet two when you don't have an outlet that anxiety that stress whatever it is that's inside you that you don't know how to communicate you don't know how to communicate what you feel on the inside no matter how you think you communicate and you don't it manifests itself in weird ways i found out that like for example there's a lot of stuff that happened to me in the past that bugs me and and then there was years where i would i would not be able to admit that because my brain hadn't accepted that but i was moving really consciously in a way that was clear that things that had happened to me before has is affecting me now and like you have to kind of accept that and realize that that shit does bother you. But like I said, when I say that, I say it because that 
weirdness manifests weird. Like yes. you get in relationships and now like you're not putting up with certain stuff from your new girl because of what your old girl did to you. But your new girl, don't, she ain't had nothing to do with that. Yeah, but now you're drawing arbitrary lines in the sand like, yo, for real, I ain't never calling back more than one time. So if I got to call back more than once, it's over. I'm not ever calling back. I will go. You know what I mean? But you're doing that weird stuff because of what you went through before. You know what I mean? And so like when you don't have a way to express that and get it out, you, you become weird in, in, in a lot of ways that you don't even realize. And so as life builds up, it started to become way more obvious in my life specifically that you, I couldn't rely on the village. I couldn't rely on the circling of wagons. I had to get real, real selfish about what would not only make me happy, but what would make me really, really, really feel better because I didn't feel good for a long time. I could be happy. I could buy a pair of shoes. I could go on a vacation with somebody who didn't fucking deserve it. I could do all these things, but, and I could, I could feel good real quick, but I couldn't be happy. And so I had self care was really just about like, look, what would make me happy? I have to find what makes me happy, what fulfills me. And I have to find it by myself. It can't be, I can't find fulfillment through a relationship or a family structure or a job. I have to find something that makes me happy internally to make me want to keep doing all this bullshit. Right. And it has to be done in a way that doesn't require other people. And that's what a lot of people don't get about self-care. They feel like they need people to help them get to their place of self-care. No, it has to be done by yourself. You good? I mean, can I? Thank you. But no, yeah, it, it ha- you have to approach it selfishly. Like, I remember... Not even to, to dig all the way back into the self-care summer that started all this shit. Because those stories are going to come out over these sessions, but it's not right now. Um, I remember initially the people that I was getting away from, they just kept telling me how selfish it was that I was getting away. And how um, um, how they thought something was really wrong with me because I was trying to get away and like find some time and find some clarity. And the way they felt like they were really gaslighting and manipulating me about my own mental health when I was going through something with my mental health and it was like kind of just confirming why I had to get away from those people at the time I had to get away from because like, yo, I am kind of sick right now and y'all ain't doing nothing but trying to feed into the sickness. You're not trying to help me get better. and shit. So, you know, road trips and couches and hotels later. <laughs> find so much peace in those places though. I found peace in the strangest places. Like I, when I say my place of peace right now is my grandma's backyard. And she says, as long as she has some green peppers and some fresh corn, she don't care what I do to her backyard. You know what I think about when I think of a place of peace and I mean this shit. And I, and I message her all the time about this. And I'm going to say her name wrong because I, have, I don't know that I've said it out loud since high school. Satasha? Satasha Nathan, yeah. When I, um, last summer when I left on my, my trip, um, I started, went, headed south through Charlotte, Atlanta. And when I left Atlanta, the, the, uh, it was July 4th that morning. And there's a whole other story. I was so anxious that morning. Like, I could not. I was. It was my first time in Atlanta. And not only was I leaving Atlanta, but I was heading even further away than I had ever been before by myself just driving. Like, this is a solo trip across the country by myself last summer. And so I'm leaving Atlanta, and I'm like, whew. I'm getting ready. At that point, my next stop was Shreveport, Louisiana. It was like 11, 12 miles away through the south. Like, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana was my next stretch. And I was so anxious. And there was only one person. For some reason, I knew there was one person that I was close to. And me and her were not the best of friends in high school. We were cool. We didn't have any problems. I might have beefed with some of her homegirls. Might have dated one of her homegirls. I don't know. I don't know. We had no real history. But I knew that she was in Birmingham. And I hit her up. And I said, hey, I'm on this trip. 
I'm going through it, and I just need somewhere to stop and smoke for like 30 minutes. I just need to pull over and get off the road for a while, because Birmingham's like an hour and a half from Atlanta. And she was like, yeah, come through. I sat in her backyard. She's a gorgeous house. She's a gorgeous family. And that her backyard was overlooking like a river and some mountains. And she just let me talk her to death for two hours. You know what's really wild about Satasha? Is very few people, peers, like age to age in my life that I can actually say that I've always looked up to. It was always something about Satasha in eighth grade. She just, I don't know what it is. It's like in eighth grade, she just knew who she was. And it won't nothing nobody could do about it. And and, and she, when I say she, Satasha was always an individual, she was like the definition of an individual through high school. And you could do nothing, no matter what your relationship with her was, or how she made you feel, or how you know she felt about your homegirls, or how your homegirls felt about her. Because it's always a lot of back and forth when it came down to Satasha. But it was never Satasha. It's everybody's view of Satasha and her independence and her security and herself at age like fourteen. 15 and Man. they were too too young to wrap their heads around it but yeah. she always just seemed to like she just seemed to have it together i don't know what she and knew I always love that about satasha she just always seemed to have it together and i had so much for she was like the great hope at like 14 15 i don't know what she knew about me i don't know what she thought about me i know that when i called her i reached out to her on facebook and i said i need some help she told me to come by her daughter opened the door the gorgeous just so precocious so smart like she was like What's up? You know what I mean? Like she was, it, 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 I met her kids, you know what I mean? And her, she just let me talk her to death in her backyard for like two. And she has her own story. I'm not going to tell her story, but she has her own story too. And it, it really helped me at the time because I was going through it last summer. Like I went from like matching pajamas to like on the road trying to find somewhere to stay in Louisiana. You know what I mean? Like in a snap of a finger. And when I heard her story, I'm like, man. It's re even though I've been through everything that I've been through, it just reminded me again that everybody go through stuff and everybody is a product of the stuff. Like everybody you're looking at is the product of what they've been through and they're their testament to what they've gone through and gotten over. And it just, it was, it was, I just felt like God put it right there in Birmingham between Shreveport and Atlanta because I, that conversation, that, that was the first time on that trip. I wasn't anxious anymore. Now I started to feel like, okay, I can do this. You know what I mean? Like, I felt good. I smoked two blunts with her. She just let me smoke. She didn't smoke at all. I ain't trying to say she smoked. She sat back. We sat on her open port, her open closed porch. So and, you know, I got videos and everything. I mean, walking around her backyard like, yo, this is crazy. Um, but, yeah, so shouts to her. And then I ended up in Shreveport, ended up in Dallas. And then from Dallas, I went north to Iowa and Illinois. And oh, you, you went out. 4,000 miles. Sometimes you just got to get on the road. Um, and then when I came me back. to Elizabeth City and I could find peace before I even hit the hit the main street when i came back i was ready to handle business so you know that was that was like the start of self-care summer so i wanted to kind of get that story out how it all started the album originally came from me wanting to tell that story but then the, the story wasn't finished i came home um i was bouncing around i stayed with my cousin for a little bit i ended up in this house back uh, last fall and just being i sat down all winter just to rebuild and as i was working on the album it was still evolving like i was still the story was still being told so that's why the deluxe is coming. Hey. <laughs> but as far as anxiety, like, it's like, it feels like a weird ass buzzword. And this is probably the last topic we're going to touch on. Um, it feels like a buzzword. I, I kind of really did hate how everybody went crazy with anxiety, but, but it really is prevalent. Like yes, people thing. don't realize how much their anxiety dictates their life. I always describe it as it's like living your life and only taking left turns to get where you're going. Because you're aware of the obstacle. You're worried about things that aren't there. Like, you think there's going to be a red light, so you're going to make this left early because I don't even want to hit that red light up there. I don't want to sit at a light. Like, 
as a black man, I have a lot of anxiety in traffic. I don't like to sit red lights. I don't like the, I don't like cops being behind me or around me in traffic. So literally, sometimes the way I drive is to avoid sitting at lights. Sometimes I avoid left turns to avoid sitting at lights because I don't want a cop to end up behind me. Period. In my experience, every single time a cop has been behind me, I have been pulled over. Every time without fail. So I avoid letting them behind me. So I drive. That's a analogy for anxiety to me. Like you maneuver in this invisible way that you don't realize your anxiety is making for and making you make decisions that are making your life harder. But everybody has it. And I haven't found a real way to deal with it. Yeah, that's the thing is first you got to identify it because most of the time in life we deal with anxiety, but we never learn how to find the root cause of how we feel. We interpret anxiety as failure. Weakness, vulnerability. Yeah. So it's never it just seems like. For us, I want to say people of color. That's that's just my opinion. How I feel. It's just we're we're not taught that we can have anxiety. We can't have anxiety. We don't. Can't be weak. We can't have stress. It's just like you got to succeed. You have to get through it. Like there is no option for failure. But failure, even if it's just a stumbling block, that's the only way you're gonna figure out that that's not the way to go. That's not gonna work. And it's like we're not allowed to have those falls to figure out that that's not the way we need to go. So we just keep going down the shit road. You know, riding down the roads of Norfolk. You might see some minutes. awesome or awful, you know. But I don't know, man. You just get tired of riding on, you know, the potholes in the road, you know, tearing your body vehicles up, trying to get to a certain place because you feel like, you know, wheel bearings all wobbly at 80 miles an hour. Short drive sometimes. Sometimes just take the long scenic route. Like, and sometimes you take that route because through the shit because ways because ways told you the police was on the other route, so you're just gonna take the scenic route because you know I'm just gonna ride down short drive today. You know what I mean? Like, forget I'm gonna take the 64 loops instead of 264. I ain't gonna go through the tunnel today. You gotta learn to listen to our instinct because at the time your instinct be like, don't go that way and you'd be like but it's the faster way whatever that second thought is ignore it take, <laughs> take the first thought you know listen to yourself that's what self is that first initial thought but as far as anxiety like and then just like i said these sessions are just kind of really it's not like i'm not trying to pretend like this is therapy this is just me saying things out loud that i don't get a chance to say out saying loud saying it out loud is therapy right and that's why these are the self-care sessions but you know you'll just be sitting there I'll, me speaking specific to my existence i'll just be sitting there and I'll be watching something on TV and it'll make you, it'll remind you of a memory and then it'll put you in that memory. And then you'll have feelings like that memory happened yesterday, but it was 10 years ago, five years ago when you were in prison, whatever the case was. And so now you're just stuck in this moment and there's all these different ways to get out of that moment that may not be healthy, but I struggle with finding the healthy ways. Again, I'm not getting up and going for a jog. I'm not going to go do push-ups. I'm not doing the, like, and that's where the anxiety gets you stuck at. That's where it forces you to make those left turns where you usually would have went straight through the light or just made a right or something. It makes you just sometimes, pick up the phone and message somebody you shouldn't message. I don't care or, what anybody says. Sometimes healthy is a blunt in a conversation with somebody you know you ain't got no business talking to. I don't care what nobody <laughs> say. That is that is some of the absolute best therapy. You got to be cautious about when you partake in said festivities. But what I'm saying is you can't let nobody tell you that some things are not healthy ways to deal with your anxiety. Okay. Now like me, I talk a lot. I talk a lot. I try not to talk as much, but it's, um, my thing is gardening and it sounds very cliche. You know, people say, Oh, get a garden. You should just get a garden. You'll (laughs) find yourself. But it's, it's crazy how true it is. So I know it's going to sound strange, but blueberries. And I know a lot of people don't fuck with blueberries. I love blueberries, but when planting out all the stuff in my garden, 
I have this blueberry plant that's like two years old and she's just, she's not dead. Like you, you see, she got a couple of leaves and I just could not understand it. So I really had to study it and come to find out that everything likes alkaline soil, but blueberries don't. Blueberries alkaline like. Alkaline soil. Blue, that's a whole nother situation, Yo. but blueberries like <laughs> acidic soil. So for the blueberries to grow, they need, they need a second plant just like it. And then they need acidic soil. So pretty much all the stuff that kills everything else is what it needs. It need, and I'm just looking like, I'm, I'm just looking at blue blueberries and it was like a whole sermon to me. And I was like, <laughs> so for you to grow, you need that, you need that ancient nigga with the good meat. You That's that pretty toxicity. much what it is. Right. You need that toxicity and, around and you have to be fertilized with bullshit in order for you to fucking Nitrogen. grow. <laughs> And, and it, it just, it, I was so stuck on the blueberry because I couldn't figure out why I wasn't thriving like everything else. And I don't know why I was just so drawn to this daggone blueberry bush. And I was like, sometimes the things that people feel like you don't need that to heal, that's exactly what you need to get to where you need to be. I'm going to be honest. That, that was probably, and since I, since I got my divorce, I didn't spend a lot of time single. I kind of stumbled in a couple of, exclusive serious relationships in a row so then uh, finally getting single last summer it did actually allow me to have conversations with people that i wasn't supposed to be having conversations with when i was in a relationship but you needed that and those conversations were great for growth when i tell you they were great for growth like a lot of that stuff i was holding on to memories of regrets things i wish i'd have done differently finally having certain conversations with certain people and them telling me that i was right and i wasn't wrong for what i did and that it was the best thing for them at the time even if i was left feeling like i hurt people i was left feeling like people felt i i, I struggle with people always feeling victimized by me and so then coming back years later and finding out you know what i wasn't victimized by you i didn't know how to deal with it other than feeling like a victim being a victim is the only way to process somebody not wanting you anymore. You have to feel like they did something to you in order to process it in a way that allows you to eventually let it go. So you were the bad guy in my mind for a while, but eventually as I grew and got therapy and learned more about myself, I realized that, yo, you did what you did the right thing. Like you, it was better for you not to drag this shit out and cheat on me or it get all ugly and toxic and bad. And it ruined things because now we're having this conversation as two um, more grown adults and it's a better conversation now than if you would have stuck around for another year. That, that was always my thing. I never wanted to stick around with people and just drag shit out. Like right. women always say, Hey, when it's over, just tell me, just let it go and just let it be over. Don't drag it out. Don't mislead me. Don't right. I just, it's like, if you want to go, I'm totally fine with you going, but just like, like me, I, my downfall and the thing that actually gets me further is me needing to know why it gets me in a lot of trouble under trying to know why closure does not exist. And, you're not and, and I understand that, but it's like understanding, asking, figuring out why or hearing why from their perspective doesn't give me closure. It gives me understanding. Like what I've learned is to listen to people's opinions. I'm going to listen to your opinion, but I'm going to make my own conclusion on what I'm going to do. You can, you can tell me your opinion, but you can't tell me what to do. You can't tell me what I need. You can right. give me your opinion of what I need, but if you're going to say, I think you should do this, I also want you to tell me why you think I should do that. Because I get, a, I'm not even listening to what you're saying. I'm listening to your view of me. Right, and I think another thing is you got to be careful with people knowing what it is you ultimately want. Because people use just like your happiness. People will use the things they think you want against you too. They'll try to hold you back from them. They'll try to manipulate you if they know what your goals are. So that's why it's a cliche, but that's why it is better to move in silence. That's true. I had a lady named Snowflake. She told me like five, six years ago. She was like, "Don't tell people what makes you happy." 
Because then their next goal in life is to make sure you don't get it. I felt like there were people in my life recently that were dedicated to stopping me from being happy. Because it's something for them to do. Like, literally. And that's what I would say. Like, you need to find something you else to better find to, do. to do. Because it's like your whole life is dedicated to trying to belittle the things that make me the happiest. Like, I'm trying to drag you to Miami. I'm buying. Sh- I'm doing all these things that try to, to, to have you. Just to get you to accept my happiness. And it's none of it's working. I always wonder how people have so much time. I'm like, you got so much time to study in other people and to ruin their lives. Do you know how much you could actually get accomplished to better in your life and get into a place of self-healing with that same amount of time? People spend too much time worried about other people. Like I said about niggas looking at gay people and automatically thinking about butt sex. It's like, yo, what's wrong with you? Gay people make really good sliders, but you'll never get to know those type of things. And they have the best recipes and they know where all the discount seasonings are. But you'll never know. You're so worried about who they're having sex with. And I'll say this. This is my public service announcement. Fellas, listen. Okay, as homophobic as you is, a gay dude will beat your ass. You understand? He will beat your ass. Okay? All I've spent time on the internet just watching gay dudes beat the hell out of straight dudes that thought they could fight. These are still men. (laughs) <laughs> they are still full grown, full powered men that can throw hands. And they get like, you need to leave them alone. You need to stop it. Okay. Cause there's a guy named Gabriel. I'm thinking of right now that <laughs> he got his ass beat and the dude was trying to let him live. And he knocked him out and said, he walked off and said, I'm a real nigga. When he stepped over, it was leave him alone, man. And stop spending so much time thinking about how other people having sex. If your only reason for being bothered by gay people is how they have sex, there's something wrong with you. And that's how I'm going to end it. <laughs> Is there anything you wanted to say on the way out? Uh, I think everybody should have a plant. A plant? Yeah, some kind of plant. I got a few plants. I think plants, honestly, all the people that you think are crazy, they are at peace. Craziness by someone's self is what peace looks like. If you can't stand there and get a revelation by yourself in your room, it was supposed to be your place of peace. If nobody's calling you weird or strange, you're not there yet. <laughs> Get a plant. It'll talk to you. I don't care what you say. By the time this uh, episode drops, I think the deluxe will be out. So on the way out, you know, as I end the episode, because it's my island, my platform, I'm the king on this island. I think I'm going to get them with a little sh- I want to, I really struggle with like, releasing songs early because i really want everyone to hear them in the right context but if you made it this far through this self-care episode i'm gonna um finish off with a single from the from the uh i'm struggling with song to pick at this very i've been thinking about this for weeks and i still don't know what song to preview at an episode that's going to come out two weeks from now that like 22 people are going to listen to so that being said it's going to be Mm. If you had to pick between a song called "When" and a song called "Biscayne Bay," Biscayne Bay. This is Biscayne Bay from Self Care. I Deluxe. promise you, I'm in my head. You're about to lie. Self Care Deluxe. I'm looking for what this came back With a description that I just can't say I can't describe, this is vibe South Beach, Air Max on Sway We getting drunk all goddamn day Say it with me now I'm looking for what this came back With a description that I just can't say I can't describe, this is vibe South Beach, Air Max on Sway We getting drunk all goddamn day Say it with me now you said what? You said what? What size you wear? What size you wear? I'm in Coconut Grove, girl. I fly you there. I fly you there. It ain't spirit air. 
but yeah, there's a budget The shoes match the luggage, I don't wait with the public I be like, fuck it, these bills they never leave You don't get paid when you get paid till then I'm in the streets Moving with something sweet, ice cream man coming Catch me in Dade County, 19 damn summers Uber X a damn Hummer, I wear Nike like Prada Trying to learn the batata, my flight leaving tomorrow You can be the squatter every quarter if you wanna It's just two hours from Norfolk and I swear it's focus In the pool of like a porpoise, the flow like water never forded This penthouse look like it's orbit I do it for myself, I don't need no wealth I just need my health and your arms wrapped around me like a belt So let's go I'm looking for what this came back With a description that I just can't say I can't describe, it's a vibe We'll be back with more self-care Stay tuned, like, listen, subscribe, all that fire shit. You're listening to the... She be like, she 